Hey everybody, welcome to the very first episode of Brilliant But Lazy. I'm Alan. And I'm Josh, and it is the first episode of Brilliant But Lazy. We went through several, several possible names for this. Uh, many of them were taken. Yes. Other ones, Other ones, we questioned whether our ideologies matched up with them, but we landed on this one. Yeah, um, because at the end of the day... Uh, go to Otto Octavius for that's right, that's right for inspiration. So, now so why you, are we doing this? Why are we doing this? That is a very good question, and I'm, I've been asking myself that all day. Um, uh-huh. So, for the last year or so, Josh and I have been the Marvel correspondents for Victims and Villains, uh, mm-hmm. a, a not uh, a website that promotes pop cult promotes mental health and suicide prevention through pop culture. Um, so this is an offshoot of what we've been doing there because we were getting together practically every month to talk about the latest Marvel thing, whether it was a Disney Plus mm-hmm. show or a movie. We, we were getting together every month and we're like, well, we should do this more often. Um, so we're here to talk about not only Marvel stuff, but some other po- probably some other pop culture stuff as it comes along uh, in the pipeline. But yeah. yeah, yeah. As you can see from our backgrounds, we are well-versed. And lots of nerd stuff. Uh, from your background, I can see everything from the mask to Mask of Zorro to the fiercer mm-hmm. fading. If you haven't checked out that, it's an excellent oh, yeah. comic. Yeah, but uh, we've got we've got plenty of, of fandoms that me and you both appreciate. And uh, in, instead of having a DC correspondent and a Star Wars correspondent and you know a Harry Potter correspondent, we just figured we'd come out with a all nerd fandom friendly show and we'll tackle things as they come about yeah uh so right off the gate i think are we do we want to get into our phase four stuff first or do we want to do our yeah sure we we, uh we're gonna do two major things in this episode we wanted to still you know give nods to our our Marvel stuff. We've talked about most of these already and we kind of wanted to rank phase four, but then to give, you know, a nod to just other properties outside of Marvel later, we're going to do our top 10 comic book movies of all time. That's not necessarily just MCU films. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, let's do phase four first. Since all right. It just uh, so, ended up. Well, cause I believe at the end of our uh, holiday special, episode we talked about ranking of the phase four stuff so yeah let's let's yeah. get into that first um let me close this out all right now, so, we did have a caveat here though we're only ranking 15 films and shows we are not including uh i am groot uh werewolf by night or the guardians of the galaxy holiday special yes uh just because those were specials even though the the holiday special definitely you know leads into phase five or might have things that phase five references Hol- the holiday special for guardians would have made my list if 15 didn't work on the graphic as well as it did uh, yeah there you go so yeah uh so spoiler up- alert i think kevin bacon is the next thanos in the in the uh mcu that's that's what i was referring to for the holiday special leading yes. into phase five yeah so yeah. get ready for that folks the, the the way that Kevin Bacon and Groot just go at each other in the special is just insane. <laughs> All right, okay. so uh, we're we're going to get into our 
ranking of Marvel Phase 4, and this is including, like we said, all the films and TV shows for Disney+. Plus. So, Josh, uh, let's start with your number 15. Oh, we're starting from the bottom. Okay. Oh, yeah. You got you to work uh, your way up to the top. That's Yeah, I hear that. Okay. The bottom was easy for me, and I feel like Seth, my, my buddy from Nerf Herders Assemble, would back me up on this. Thor Love and Thunder was bottom of the barrel. And it and it probably doesn't help that it came out this year, so the wound is still fresh. But when I really took a look at all of these and tried to uh we didn't we didn't do like a watch over the last week. I just looked at these properties and remembered the things that I appreciated about them and remembered the things that, you know, were highlights for me. And that one still fell to the bottom of the barrel. I I did not care for Thor Love and Thunder. Uh but I'm I'm sure I, w- I was harsher on it than you were because what's what's your number fifteen? Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> oh really? Oh wow! Yeah. And I like okay. Thor: Love and Thunder a bit when I saw it in theaters, but it just I what I did for my ranking was I wrote everything down, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna I wanted to go through my letterbox and just see what I had everything ranked as, and then go off of sure. that. But sure. letterbox was, wasn't working for me the way I wanted it to. So I just did it myself. It's like, okay, going to give this three stars, four stars, mm-hmm. five stars. Uh, I ended up giving Thor Love and Thunder two stars. And I was like, it, Thor Ragnarok was such a high point for the, for the MCU in general. And mm-hmm. then Thor Love and Thunder is, it doesn't meet that. And it, it missed all my expectations. Uh, like I love Natalie Portman's Jane Foster, Thor, and but there's just so much about it that just fell flat for me compared to other things in the MCU. Yeah, well, I mean, I tried to look at these as what resonates with me the most, what um, you know uh, solidified the Phase Four the most, um, which ones would I want to go back and rewatch the mm-hmm. most, and so all those things factored in, but. Uh, wow. Okay. So it looks like we're we're on par with each other so far. Sounds good. So far, yes. It's not going to stay that way yeah. for long. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, right. do, do you want to do your fourteen first? Yeah, my fourteen is Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the film that started off Phase Four eventually. Um, I just haven't had any like rewatchability played a part in a lot of what I was when I was looking at this stuff and there's not much. The only thing that's there for me to go back and rewatch it for is, uh, for Florence Pugh as the new black, yes. black widow. Yes. Uh, and, and, and David Harbor, but I still haven't done that. Like it, the film has been out for going on three years now. Mm-hmm. And I, I still haven't, or I guess two years. Uh, I keep thinking it came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, time is weird. But it it just didn't. It felt like a movie from the early like it it doesn't fit the MCU this phase that mm-hmm. well. It it doesn't fit where they place it in the timeline of the MCU either. It's it's just a misfit. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure we talked about this together, but it definitely felt like a contractual obligation film and not like a true attempt at a 
a, a film for this character that should have had her own film long time ago. Yeah. So I get that. Honestly, the whole bottom half of my list were all kind of tied together, and and uh, I put Black Widow higher up on my list, as you'll know. But uh, I totally understand why you feel yeah. that way. My number fourteen was Eternals. And uh, the reason why I put that down there was because I was legit excited for this film, not because I knew anything about the history of these characters or the comic that it was based on, but just the way they hyped this film. They were bringing in this Academy Award-winning director. They had this incredible cast. They hyped this up to be the... Um, Captain America Winter Soldier of the current phase. When Winter Soldier came out, it changed the landscape of what people could expect the MCU films to be. It, it really did feel fresh and new. And Eternals was definitely sold as this is not your average MCU film. This is, it's a different look. It's a different director. It's a different tone. And what came out was generic and formulaic and forgettable and I really didn't care for it. And the stellar cast, which they all have shined well in other films, they just, you know, it was just muddy for me. Muddy and forgettable. And if we don't get a sequel, I will not mind at all, even though I think a lot of people hope that some of the things teased at the end will, you know, come about. But, yeah, I, I didn't care for it. Yeah. Um Obviously, I have Eternals a little bit higher than you do. So mm-hmm. um, let's move It'll on be interesting to... interesting to see where it tracks, though. Yeah. yeah. Let's move on to your number 13. Okay. At the end of this, you're going to have to show everybody our full list yeah, so they can I've compare the whole things. Uh, my my number 13 was She-Hulk. Um, okay. I, liked, I liked certain things of this, but ultimately I thought it was a mess. Um, I, you know, it did... It did those that self-aware thing that a lot of films and and shows do and it's usually a crux like you know or uh, they 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 realize they're not that great of a movie or show so they they be self-aware and they joke about themselves in order to cleverly make themselves slightly better than the ones that don't joke about themselves but in this case you know they they crammed that all into the finale and it didn't excuse all of the episodes I had watched up until that point. So, um, you know, they didn't have plot holes, but that's only because they just cut the plot off and said, actually, no, we're just not going to go in that direction. Um, but I, I thought it was a waste of time and a waste of talent because she's great. She's great as She-Hulk, and I hope she gets another round at this, maybe not in a show, but in future properties. Yeah. Um, and and the Daredevil highlight was was good for me. I am hopeful for that. But overall, the show was disappointing. Yeah, I'll give you the finale on that one. The finale does like it does a lot of things well, but it like plot wise, it it's a bit of a letdown. Yeah. Um, my thirteen, and knowing where it is on your list, I you're going to be surprised by this. Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Not that I like I like this this movie a lot, but the more I think about it it <laughs> it 
it's not what I like the rewatchability of, of these played played a big factor in this. Um, mm-hmm. And I had this mm-hmm. tied with some other things. Um, okay. But like the like I'm not gonna like some of these I was like dying to go buy the Blu-ray, but this one mm-hmm. I'm like I I can wait. Like I don't need this one right away. Um. Okay. Okay. I can yeah. understand. I had disappointments with it for sure. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what's your number twelve? My number twelve is Eternals. So mine wasn't okay. Eternals wasn't too much higher on my list. Um, yeah. I think Eternals does a lot of good, like a lot of different things, uh, style wise that I really enjoyed. Um, the look of the film is very different from anything else in the MCU. Mm. Um. It's a little bit boring and a little bit long, but I saw it in a heated reclining seat, so I didn't really care that much. <laughs> um, this was the last MCU Blu-ray I needed to buy, and I just bought it because um, I was like, oh, if I find it for cheap, I'll buy that. And I found it. So Nice. Um, yeah. I... I like I'm okay with seeing a sequel to this because I like they set it up and I was like okay if, if this is going to be set up like I want to see where you go with this like if you have a plan execute mm-hmm. that plan I don't know if I need Harry Styles to be a part of that plan but mm-hmm. I'll take what mm-hmm. I can get so if Patton Oswalt's yeah. involved involved so oh that's right he was the little little CGI dude at yeah. the end yeah I um uh, I remember a lot of the uh, you know, uh, critics out there were saying, oh, if you don't like this, it's only because it's different and you're just used to the standard. And, you know, it was different, but in my mind, different doesn't make it good. You know, it can be, it can still be a bad production if it's different, you know, that doesn't yeah. automatically give it points for me. I was excited for it to be different. It just wasn't fulfilling for me. My number 12 is Moon Knight. Um, hell of a cast, Oscar Isaac, uh, my, my guy, oh my gosh, Ethan Ethan Hawke. I love Ethan Hawke. My, my friends, my, my two best friends tell me that he's my man crush because I've, I've just love everything he's in. Unfortunately, I thought the, the show was a waste. I thought the pacing was all kind of craziness at times. I thought the CGI was not great. Uh, oftentimes I thought they focused too much on certain elements of the plot instead of focusing on other things. And the finale was just so over the top and silly, um, that I have no, I just have no will to go watch this again. Um, will, and, and, and it doesn't, you know, if this doesn't get more, I, again, I won't be surprised. It feels like it could just be this one thing that they never broach again, you know, or they feed him into some, you know, Dark Avengers movie or something. But yeah, it it was a letdown of a show for me. Okay. Um. All right, and then uh, moving on to your number eleven. Yeah, my number eleven um, was Miss Marvel. Not because I really didn't like it I, I i liked it enough i just didn't really connect with it very well and and i thought that it was a very while it was like a cute story it wasn't um 
it wasn't uh what's the word i'm trying to say it just wasn't that grand of a story it felt very small and very contained mm -hmm. the last scene definitely opens it up and we'll get more of her in the marvels and i i am excited to see her character in a movie setting and you know among among uh people we've already seen in the MCU in the films as but the, for the show itself other than a couple spots i thought it was mostly just kind of forgettable yeah okay um my number 11 is what if and i think mm. like i really enjoyed a lot of the what if like i bought the 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 action yeah. figures for it because the I, watcher, wanted the, yeah. I wanted the watcher. Um, so there's a lot that I liked about what if, but that finale when they brought everything together, I just felt was forced and mm. kind of put a damper on the whole thing for me. Like I'm okay with going back and revisiting the characters that we've seen in these what if episodes, but I wanted, I didn't need <clears throat> it all to come together and it just felt weird when it did. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's my number eleven. Okay, uh, I'll my comment number... more on that when we yeah. get to when we get to it. Uh, my What's number, your number 10, ten. My number ten is Moon Knight. Okay, um, so not middle... far off. Yeah, pretty much middle of the road at this point. Like we're kind of in the places where, like, yeah, this, this was good. It wasn't the worst, wasn't the best, but uh, mm. I liked Moon Knight a lot. I thought the suits looked fantastic. The casting, like you said, was fan was great. Um, the uh, it inspired me to buy an Inkelbert Humperdinck record this weekend. So <laughs> nice. uh, I, ha I have it on the turntable now. Um, but yeah, I, I like this show. I would, I would like to see more of it, but not knowing what the plan is for this character going forward kind of puts it in the middle of the road. Like if we, like if I had an idea that Oscar is going to return for season two, or he's going to be in this movie, like, it'd be more worth it, but not knowing if there is a future for this character kind of makes the show not as rewatchable for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That uncertain uncertainty yeah. around it. Um, my number 10 was Hawkeye. I had a good time with it. Um, I thought some parts were really fun. Um, I thought this had the potential to be like, uh, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York type of, uh, you know, Christmassy show. And, and, and it, at times it was. I think the, the better parts of it was when Florence Pugh showed up. Uh, she brought a lot of charisma. I, I thought Haley, is it Haley Steinfeld? Is she the yeah. main character? I think she's fun. And, I'll uh, you know, I think her and Florence really bounced off each other really well. I kind of wanted, if this is supposed to be the Hawkeye send-off um, and, you know, uh, based on current events, this this might be the Hawkeye send-off. I, I kind of wanted more Hawkeye, um, yeah. to be honest. But it wasn't a terrible show, and I'll probably, if we ever get that Echo show, which I've heard is in production hell right now, um, I'll probably go back and, and watch this again closer to that just to kind of rev up for the Echo show. I, but, I, uh, yeah. I thought they filmed it. I thought they were in post. I, I've, I've heard they've had, like problems with it like it oh. keeps on getting delayed maybe maybe it's in post i don't know but yeah, yeah. all right what's uh, your uh what's your number nine? My oh, number no, nine is it my turn uh yeah it's your turn for the first one my number nine is black widow so your your 14 is my nine um yes. i really was disappointed by this film when it came out 
Um, but I have watched it since, and I've, um, I think I've, uh, I've watched more reactions of it since. And uh, I didn't like what they did with Taskmaster. I thought a lot of the CGI was wonky as hell, and I thought it was a disappointment for the character. But man, Florence Pugh, um, I, I really didn't like how much Florence Pugh was in it initially, but. Now, having seen Hawkeye, I do appreciate the Florence Pugh stuff. And, um, you know, they're, they're, I, I'm a David Harbour fan, so mm-hmm. there's highlights in there that I that I do like about it. But it is in the bottom half of my list. But, um, but yeah, that I, I felt that there was more redeemable things in that movie than some of the other things I've listed to, to put it there. And I, so. I, the, going back to this being towards the bottom of my list... I think part of that has to do with the experience of watching it because this is the only one that went to Disney Plus and that's how I watched it. Yeah. I didn't I didn't, I didn't see I didn't see it in theaters and like this is two movies after Endgame which is like one of the best movie going mm-hmm. experiences where you have a crowd reacting the way they do and then you're watching this one at home on Disney Plus on your phone. Not that I watched mm-hmm. it on my phone. I I did not do that. Um D- but... did it come out simultaneously on mm-hmm. Disney yeah. Plus? Okay. I think we 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 did see it in theaters. Yeah, um, we saw it once in theaters, and then I usually take my mom to see the the movie because uh, she's big into these, and we watch it on Disney Plus for her. So okay, yeah, yeah for yeah. me it was a convenience thing because it came out on Disney Plus like the day be- I was the day before we left for vacation. I was like, well, mm. we're not gonna pack for two hours. We're just gonna watch Black Widow and then get ready to to go. There you go. Um, all right. My number nine is the Falcon and the winter soldier. Um, mm. I like this show. Uh, I feel like it could have been a movie. Mm. <laughs> there was a little bit of too much drawn out, uh, stuff. And I know they had to rewrite things because of the pandemic and it just kind of yeah. falls apart a little bit. If you, you can see the holes in the, in the story. If you look close enough, mm-hmm. um, the villains not super developed, um, but I like Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan together. Like, give me more of that. Um, Zemo was good in this. I, I there was a lot that I liked about this. The, the, the new Captain America suit was fantastic. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like this could have been a movie instead of a mm. mini series. Mm. Yeah. I have it a little higher on my list, but not, um, not incredibly higher. Um, what's your number eight? My number eight is Loki. Okay. Okay. Uh, middle of the road here with Loki. Loki was one of those things where you watched it week to week and it was always something different. And it, it made sense to be a TV show. Probably not as much as some other things that we're going to talk about on this list. Um, but it works as a TV show. I, I don't really see how you could do this as a movie. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think they did Mm -hmm. some fun stuff with it. Like just looking at the poster here, like miss minutes, like, Mm-hmm. And it's the only thing on this list that has a season two. So, yeah, yeah. How about you? What's I your had number that. Eight? Uh, my number eight was Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Um, okay. I I put this in the middle because I did enjoy parts of the film. I did enjoy uh, the Sam Raimi uh, elements uh, at times. 
um, it did bring me back to my childhood of uh, watching Spider-Man films in the theater because there were times where I'm like, man, this is definitely a Raimi production. And um, I liked WandaVision, and I liked seeing um, some extension of that, of the things that happened in that show. Uh, but it was it was messy at times. There was really some bad CGI stuff at times. Um, and, you know, if you're going to put a third eye on your main character, please take some time to make it look good. And I just didn't think it looked yeah. good. Um, and I thought there were things that they could have explored a lot more. There was some cool, you know, flyby stuff, some nods to what if, some some uh, some nods to other things that haven't been introduced to the MCU before. But I felt like they spent too much time on those things and not the meat of the story and certainly not the experience of the multiverse. We had a quick, super quick montage thing, but then for the rest of the movie, it was really only like a couple universes and it wasn't as stellar as it could have been. So it it was disappointing, but still, you know, in the middle for me because I still liked a lot of parts of it, so... Yeah. Okay. Uh, but my number seven is What If. Um, I thought that there were a lot of fun things in that. Um, I was a little concerned at first because the first one was about um, Peggy. Uh, had she got the serum? And, and the structure of that episode was basically redoing scenes from captain america the first avenger but with her and while i did like that i really did like that i was concerned this was going to be the structure of the rest of the season and Mm -hmm. it didn't it didn't end up being that and i i appreciated that and while i did feel that the finale was kind of rushed all of a sudden we we were throwing these characters into a story um with the watcher and ultron i did like ultron coming back as the villain um i did like uh uh, Killmonger, you know, kind of still being Killmonger, and um, you know, if we get a second season of this, I really would like to see more of that. Not to mention, one of the best episodes was the zombie episode, and that was fantastic, and it was creepy, and it was well done, and and I've heard talks of them expanding that, so yeah. I I would love to see more of that. Yeah, so, they're doing a yeah. whole they're doing a whole zombie series, um, which will be interesting. That sounds great. And we are yeah. getting a se- I forgot we are getting a season two of this, but it's animated, so that that doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> What's your number but, seven? Uh, my number seven is She Hulk. Um, mm. There's a lot that I enjoyed about this show. I I, I like the the meta humor that meta humor that it has. It mm-hmm. it falls a little bit flat. And it's disappointing in the finale, but throughout the show, I love the fourth wall breaks. I I like her as She Hulk. I like um, the way they use uh, Bruce Banner in this. Daredevil's mm-hmm. appearances are fantastic, uh, and I, I wish the show had leaned more into the week to week helping different heroes with legal issues. Because mm-hmm. I think the show's strongest when you have Wong there, you have Bruce Banner, you have daredevil like there that's what the strongest episodes of this show are those not to say mm-hmm. that the episodes that focus on jennifer walters are are weak but i think having her interact with these other characters who we know is the show's strong suit mm-hmm. yeah the cameo 
factor in that show was definitely strong. Yeah. Yeah. What's your number six? My number six is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed this movie. Uh, I, I've been meaning to go back and revisit this one. I just haven't gotten to it yet, but it, it's a different kind of movie for the MCU. I, I mm-hmm. like the way, the, the way they do the fight scenes in this w- w- was fantastic. Ben Kingsley coming back as Trevor, uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, yeah, this is a perfectly fine standalone MCU movie. Like it doesn't really tie into anything else that you have to see to see this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the the little bits that they do connect it with Wong and Abomination, but it, it just stands on its own two feet. And I think that that's kind of hard to do in the MCU these days. So, mm. okay. Um, my number six was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So not too far off from yours. Yeah. Um, I I really did like this show. I could see. Um, the cracks uh, from from the COVID uh, issues with production and how they had to rewrite certain things. Uh, but I felt like this and Hawkeye were the um, best versions of what Kevin Feige initially said what Disney Plus was going to be. When he first kind of started talking about this and they did that whole, you know, what's coming on Disney Plus type of event, he, he originally said these things aren't necessarily required viewing and that they were meant to be expansions of the characters. But if you never watched these shows and you just stuck with the theatricals, you'd be fine. And, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was, uh, came out. It was kind of thrown the, the, the release structure of these shows were thrown in a mix because of COVID. But when it came out, I enjoyed getting an expansion of Bucky and an expansion of, um, shit. Same. Uh, Sam. Um, I really like both of those characters. I've, I've loved Sam's uh, growth ever since Winter Soldier and um, the way that we left things in Endgame was, you know, I wanted to see how these two characters really felt about that when it came down to it and what the next steps were. And I thought that, you know, the villains weren't, you know, phenomenal and, and uh, you know, there, there, there wasn't a lot of uh, long-reaching things for the Marvel Universe that happened in the show, but there was expansions of the characters, and that's why I liked it. I, I wanted to see more of them, yeah. and uh, so I appreciated it for that reason. Okay. If you or someone you know is listening to this podcast right now, and you're struggling with suicide, addiction, self-harm, or depression, we encourage you guys to please reach out. This is the heartbeat of why we do what we do. Suicide is currently the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. And as of this recording, there are 132 suicides that take place each and every day on American soil. And when you scale back internationally, there are 800,000 successful suicides. That is one death roughly every 40 seconds. So if you or someone you know is struggling, you guys can go to victimsandvillains.net forward slash hope. That resource is going to be right in the description wherever you guys are currently listening or streaming this. There you'll find resources that include the National Suicide Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. You can also text HELP to 741-741. We also have a plethora of other resources, including churches, 
get in connected with counselors, LGBT resources like the Trevor Project, and also Veteran Hotline as well. Please, if you hear nothing else in the show, understand that you, yes, you listening to this right now, have value and worth. We get it. Suicide, depression, mental health, these are hard topics, and the stigma around them doesn't make it any easier. But please consider the resources right in the descriptions below, wherever you guys are listening, because once again, you have value and you have worth. So please stay with us. Uh, but number my number five. five, my number five is Loki, and I, I wasn't sure how to feel about this show, but over time, I've liked it more. I think I was frustrated initially with it because I just didn't really know where it was going and if it, um, if it was as good as it seemed it was. But I, I do appreciate the show more now than I did then, and especially with how much of the phase four properties felt like just standalone stuff, this does set up Kang and with Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, coming and, and, uh, you know, the Kang dynasty coming, I am excited about, uh, what happens in season two of Loki. And, um, I, I felt like, you know, um, the, the little universe that this show has, needed a second season where a lot of these shows um didn't feel like they earned a second season so uh, yeah. that's why i put loki at my number five what's what's yeah. uh what's yours my number five is dr strange of the multiverse of madness um mm-hmm. i pretty much agree with a lot of what you said um i will add pizza pop-up for life um, <laughs> i I think there's a I, I enjoy the cameos in here. They do Danny Elfman does a lot of fun things with the the musical score of this, uh, mm-hmm. from including the X Men theme when Xavier shows mm-hmm. up to mm-hmm. the whole musical battle. Um, mm. I think America Chavez is great in this. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. I know a lot of people yeah. gave her flack, but I liked her in this. Um, and, and and the Sam Raimi Sam the Sam Raimi ness of it all uh, mm-hmm. takes me back to the good old days of Spider Man movies at the drive-ins. So, um, yeah, that's my number five. Um, okay, my number four is Ms. Marvel. Uh, this was a nice, refreshing. Uh, st- the style of Miss Marvel, I think, is what I enjoyed the most because it it plays with her personality, and you can it, it makes the show pop a little bit more. Like the way it's stylized and breaks into musical numbers randomly, uh, it it's just a lot of fun for me, and I I really enjoyed her as Kamala Khan. Uh, I'm excited to see her in the Marvels with uh, Photon Great. and uh, oh. and and Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um but I would I would love to see what they do with this character going forward in another, in another season or their her own movie. But yeah, I re- like just she's so energetic and so happy to be there that it it just makes you happy to watch it. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh my number 4 was Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. Um I 
I grew up reading uh, Iron Man comics. Like I didn't collect them as much as I did um, uh, Batman comics, but I did. I did really appreciate him. And and the Mandarin was, uh, you know, one of his bigger villains. And so yeah. to see, to see, it wasn't. I mean, it's kind of a retcon, but it wasn't really a ret- They they wrote around the whole Iron Man three uh, Mandarin thing with Ben Kingsley, and and to see them kind of course correct that, I I did like that. There's a lot of things in the first half of this film that I thought were great um, in terms of the lore, um, in terms of the choreography. There's a lot of um, uh, uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon type stuff mm-hmm. in here that I really appreciated. Um, the martial arts were fantastic. Uh, the second half of the film got more magical and relied more on powers. And so if we see more of Shang-Chi in the future, I hope they don't just go with the powers of the rings, but they, they continue to put more, um, martial arts in there because, um, what's his name? Simu Lu, is that his name? Um, yeah, the the main, he's, he's, he's great. He's, he, he, he fought for this role. He kind of, kind of willed himself into this and, and he was great. And while I was sad that they killed off, you know, another great bad guy in the MCU, at least it was a solid film and I honestly didn't know what to expect from it, and I was kind of floored by the quality of it, and I had a really good time. Um, and it does, you know, have uh, 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 you know teasers for what's to come. So, and Aquafina was was funny in it too. I don't yeah. think she necessarily needs to be his sidekick going forward, but I wouldn't mind seeing you know some more of her in the future. I thought she was less irritating than. Jane Foster's friend in the first couple Thor films, um, Darcy, uh, Darcy, which yeah. she's, she's, she's better in, uh, uh, WandaVision, but, uh, I thought Aquafina was actually funny and I laughed a good amount of times. So, okay. yeah. All right. And then, uh, my number three, yes. my number three would be WandaVision. I thought WandaVision was a hell of a show. I again didn't know what to expect from it. Um, this was the first. This was the first Disney Plus yes. show that came out. It wasn't meant to be, but it, it, it that, was. that it is the release order. The case, yeah, yeah. And we so didn't know what to expect. Didn't know what to expect from Disney Plus Marvel shows at all. We didn't know how long episodes were supposed to be what the structure was, if it was a serious story, if it was just kind of filler content. And uh, WandaVision kept us guessing, uh, you know, from the the different styles, even everything down to the length of the episode kind of mirrored the, the style and the era of TV that you were watching. Um, yeah. There were some things that I, that I uh, wanted more of or I didn't really like, especially with a certain x-men cameo that wasn't really a cameo and how they uh did that but um i loved agatha i loved furthering and 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 cementing this relationship between vision and wanda and i uh while i didn't agree with some of the ways they presented her as at the end i liked that there's a good amount of people that watch this show that thought wanda was a villain at the end and multiverse of madness kind of solidified that so um, I had a really good time with the show, and that's why it's in the top three. Okay. Uh, What's yours? 
My number three is Hawkeye. Um, wow. Okay. I really enjoyed the New York at Christmas aspect of this show. I like the the inspiration it took from the Matt Fraction run of the Hawkeye mm-hmm. comic. And just the sense of humor that it has. Like, I'm a sucker for anything set at Christmas that's not an actual Christmas movie. Like, sure, Shane sure. Black, give it to me. Um, <laughs> so, and, and it had that feel to it. Um, I could have used more Hawkeye in it, but I think Haley Steinfeld did great in it. Her and Florence Pugh, were, uh, their chemistry is fantastic. I, I want to see more of that in the MCU. Mm. Um, and then Vincent D'Onofrio returning as Kingpin for the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so glad they were able to get him. And the fight scene between him and Kate Bishop uh, is insane. And I want to, I cannot wait to see more in daredevil born again. So, yeah, I, I'm going to need more time with, with the new version of, of Vincent's Kingpin, because I felt like this was maybe leaning a little more towards the cartoonish, kingpin um you know they they definitely took uh outfit choices from the comics yeah and and yeah that i think that action lended more towards the like the old spider-man animated series version of kingpin that i grew up with which isn't bad but it, it definitely it definitely did feel like a departure and there wasn't enough of him I was I was oh, I was looking into things too much like uh the kingpin from the Daredevil shows wouldn't put up with this level of goons that yeah. he's putting up with in this show. So I'm hoping to get an expansion of his character in Daredevil to appreciate him more, but it's Vincent D'Onofrio. So that wins me over to to a certain degree anyway. So Fr- yeah. friend of the show Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, <laughs> What's your number 2? My number 2 is WandaVision. Um, mm-hmm. but you said something that made me regret that. Like I almost changed my whole list when you mentioned the, uh, the Ralph Boner of it all. Cause I, mm-hmm. I completely forgot that was a thing. Um, but beyond the, the X-Men cameo that doesn't pay off at all. Um, WandaVision is the only Disney plus show that we've talked about that only would make sense as a Disney plus show. There's no other way mm-hmm. to tell the story. Um, it's the only one that makes the most sense for the format of episodic television. Mm. Um, and I think they use that to their advantage to tell the they story did. that they tell. And it, it's, it's a masterclass in storytelling because it plays with the format every week. Um, and then you ha- like, there are some of my favorite moments of the MCU in this, like the, the, sh- the ship of Theseus scene with the two visions and then visions line of, what is grief if not love persevering like that's such a good line such a great line Mm -hmm. and oh man i want to go back and watch it again uh and the fact that we're getting a sequel series to this with agatha is bizarre to me but i'm like okay like you're they're bringing back so many of the side characters that you're like i i don't hate these people like this is it'll be interesting to see what happens with that show but this is this was a tough one for me to not put at number one. So it definitely, I mean, it was a strong show. I think the, the finale showed some, some cracks for, for related to COVID all of a sudden Darcy was just gone, you know, and, and, you know, yeah, the, the the rush thing of the, of the bad guy just shooting at the kids and 
yeah, photon and, I've been, and for yeah. a lot of things, I've been very forgiving about that kind of stuff because of COVID restrictions yeah. and like how things happen in Hollywood. So yeah. I can I can look at like the finale does have its flaws, but I I think leading up to that, like it's a solid show, and yeah. and I. I think Doctor Strange does redeem that ending because when what's her name when Rambo said uh, they'll never know what you sacrificed for them, yeah. I was like, "How dare you? <laughs> How dare you mess with the quality of this show?" Because I hated that line. I was like, yeah. "She tortured. She tortured an entire town." Uh, don't don't throw that in my face. And while the Avengers didn't come after her in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. This show still painted her as a villain of sorts. And so yeah. uh, I think that redeemed that moment for me. Um, my number two was Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, uh, I, I was surprised how low it was on your list, but I did have several disappointments in this film. I thought it did drop the ball in, in certain narrative structures. I think it had that huge, that huge. Uh, uh, obstacle that it had to get around yeah. that none of these other shows had to deal with. Yeah, COVID was an obstacle, but you didn't suddenly lose your main star. Um, not to mention the story was already written. Uh, mm-hmm. It was done. It was, and it was a similar film, but it wasn't exactly. But um, at the end of the day, the production value uh, for the most part was stellar. Um, I felt like there were times throughout phase four where it just didn't feel like they gave it their all for an MCU film. And this, I really did feel like this was expanding the MCU universe and that this was putting a step forward and really giving it your all. And while I don't agree with the main, uh, some of the personal beliefs of the main actress, I thought she, for the most part did really well. Um, I think uh, it looks like we're getting some, some, Oscar nominations for uh, uh, Miss Bassett. Uh, yeah. She was fantastic in in her role, and you know I I might have disagreed with the storyline and 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 some of the direction of the characters, but it was a strong, well made movie, and and that's mm-hmm. I I had to put it up there for the production value. I think in in my mind that's why it's so high. Yeah, I mean the production value is there. I think part of my problem with it is. Like Avatar came out three weeks after it, <laughs> so all the underwater yeah. stuff with there is like, yeah, you, you could see Wakanda Forever would have ranked higher if Mbaku punched a whale, for me. <laughs> sure, um, sure. That that's where I'm at with it. Um, and you're you're completely right about the story and the obstacles that they faced and. Um, I don't know if you figured it out, but uh, we have the same number one. Yeah, I have figured so, that out. I just realized that. Yeah, uh, uh, deservingly so. I think me and you are both uh, old school Spider-Man fans. Oh yeah. Um, I I I don't remember how you felt about the Andrew Garfield films, but I really liked Amazing Spider-Man two, and I think it gets way more flack than it deserves. And uh, and this film. Uh, I mean, the nostalgia factor is is crazy for this, and it and it definitely elevates the film. 
but I thought it was a solid, solid blockbuster event, and uh, and and it's and it did feel like the biggest blockbuster of this yeah. phase for me. Go go go! Figure the guys who host a podcast called Brilliant but Lazy picked the one with Otto Octavius as their of number course. one for Phase Four. Uh, you know, Sp- Spider Man uh, No Way Home is just a love letter to the Spider-Man franchise with the villains coming back and then Toby and Peter or Toby and Andrew bit coming back with Tom. Mm. And it's so much fun. It was like the, one of the best theater experiences I've had. Like I went three times opening weekend to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I, one I, of the few times where people hooted and hollered and I wasn't annoyed. Cause I yeah. was like, yes, that, that, Yes, he's back. Do yeah. you know? Holler, cheer. I'm I don't it. often go see re-releases in theaters, but I went and saw this when it was re-released with the That's extended right, cut. You did. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much I can I can I can go on forever talking about how much I love love this film. It's maybe not the best of the Spider-Man fran- franchise overall, but it, it's the highlight of Phase Four for me. Um, yeah. especially when we're in the multiverse saga, like this is the film that plays with that the best. Like, I think mm-hmm. they do a better job with multiverse stuff here than they do in Dr. Strange, at least from what I want from a multiverse story, when you have all of these characters, and I'm sure we're going to get that down the line with secret wars. We're going to get more mm-hmm. of the stuff that worked in here. So, well, I, I, I told you this when we, when we reviewed the movie, but it elevated, Tom Holland Spider-Man so much for me. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely won me over over the years. It's hard not to like him as Spider-Man, but I personally when when they first brought him out, I was really irritated that we were going so young with high school Spider-Man. That is not the Spider-Man I grew up on. I I, I grew up on the the college kid who already had a job at the Planet or not at the Planet Bugle. at the uh, at the Bugle. And he was, you know, he was struggling through life as a young man and as a superhero. And I was like, why the hell did they make him so young? And this film kind of graduates him from that youthfulness. And it it, it ends on a not so happy note for him. He is yeah. alone. He is on his own. Nobody knows him. Um, and and I just thought that set up so much potential for his character moving forward both in the MCU and in his own kind of separate Sony universe. And so, yeah, I thought it was really well done. The ending of that movie specifically. Yeah. um... God, I I could go on forever talking about this movie. For sure. One one thing I will say is they need to, they need to release the extended cut on Blu-ray because I cannot find for sure that they did. You can buy it digitally, but I want it on Blu-ray. So, well, come on, and, come on, and just to be clear, it is not necessarily an extended cut. It is an alternate cut because they didn't just add things in. They they did take some things out. Right? Uh, Weren't there some alternate scenes there, in there's, there? Uh, this, there's some additional scenes. Like, it's not really al- alternate. They're bar- so marketing. They did remove some stuff for for that cut. I don't think they highlight removed, other things. I don't think they move remove much. Uh, but okay. but they're marketing the di- the digital version as the extended cut. So oh okay, all right. Um, okay. Yeah. 
Before we before we leave the phase four talk and go on to our top ten comic book films, I did have one question for you. Now yes. that we've looked back over phase four, uh, a theme of this phase was younger, newer versions or just younger potential Avengers being brought into the story. You had like a, like you said, America Chavez. Um, you had uh, the new. Uh, uh, Black Widow and Florence Pugh's character. You had Haley Steinfeld's new Hawkeye. You had Love. You had Miss Marvel. Yeah. Of all of those, um, which which do you think was the strongest introduction for the, one of these younger characters? I gotta say Florence Pugh. Yeah, Maybe, it's kind of hard not to. It's it's a tie between her and Haley Steinfeld, just because of the way they work together, because. You bring in all these other characters, and they're all by themselves. But the two of them together, you can see a, a dynamic there that's refreshing and different from what you had between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. It's it's not one that you've seen before. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see that in the future, because I, I hope that we get more of that. Yeah, she's definitely a strong actor to begin with, yeah. and, and a strong character. And I think she'll bring a lot to the thing i did like america chavez's um the look of her powers you know they kind of went in a choice direction for her power set based on her character in the comics but when she did do her star portal thing it did look pretty cool and i did i did like her but i'm not necessarily saying i'm excited for a young avengers thing uh but i i you know for the most part i love was the only one that was kind of forced uh, or 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 the least excited for uh, the future. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I I did like these these new additions, and I'm excited to see where each of them go. Yeah. All right. So with that, that's our ranking <laughs> of our top ten, or our not even our. That's our ranking for Marvel Phase Four. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now we're gonna get into our top ten superhero movie or comic book movies of all time. Uh, so yes. we don't really. Like this is this runs the gamut from Marvel to DC to Dark Horse. Uh, there's yeah. a whole bunch the of only, ones in here. The caveat was, or the 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 rule was, it had to be based on a previously existing comic. So it's not something that the movie came out and then they made a comic of it. It had to exist first. I don't know if you did any animated movies. I I personally decided not to do animated movies, even though there's a ton of great animated I, movies out there. I did not. There were no animated okay. movies on mine. Okay. So. Sounds good. And we didn't do... This isn't our top, uh, like, this is our number one, this is our number ten, uh, to make it easier. Because, you know, when you get into your favorites, it's hard to to rank them over each other. So I just picked my top ten, and yeah. they're in no specific order. Although, since you you had it in my brain not to include animated movies, and I completely forgot about Spider Verse, mm-hmm. so uh, it does yeah. rank high for me. I, it does. I considered putting it on my list, but it's uh, I was I was shooting for more live action yeah. stuff. Well, we'll talk yeah. about our love for Into the Spider Verse when uh, Across the Spider Verse comes out. So, Part one. all right, let's yeah. start off with your. Uh, you've got the order there, so you're. You got Blade 2. Blade 2. Uh, Blade 2 is fantastic. Wesley Snipes. You still have not seen Blade 2. I have not uh, seen any other Wesley Snipes Blade movies. Okay. 
this those movies did so much for the younger days of Marvel. They were R-rated films. They were graphic vampire films. Uh, Blade Trinity, shit show aside, uh, the first two uh, movies were fantastic, and it showed that there was a general audience interest in a character that was based on a comic that was not your Superman and your Batman. Yeah. Wesley Snipes, even though he became a diva, he was fantastic in, in these movies, and Blade Two with Guillermo del Toro uh, behind the camera is just chef's kiss. I remember I was not allowed to see this in the theaters, but I saw it in the basement of a friend's house, and I'm like, holy shit, this is grand, well-done filmmaking, and I absolutely loved it, and, and that's why it's in my top ten. Okay. Uh, what's 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 your first one we're going to talk about? My first one is Kick-Ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson and uh, Nick Cage. Yeah, um, it's, good. it's good. I remember seeing this in college and like really enjoying the film and Nicolas Cage's performance where he's pretty much doing an Adam West impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is different from a lot of the superhero movies that you, we've gotten from Marvel and DC just because of the gore uh, and the violence of it uh, and the language. Like, it's just a great R-rated superhero comedy. Um, and it made... Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, a star like before this, she, uh, she was just a kid actor, but now after this, she was in everything. So yeah, she did blow up after, after, after this she blow up. Well, and, and all of the comics, uh, what is that? Mark, Mark Millar. Millar. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of his are of that, you know, they're, it's kind of like the boys edgy superhero esque, yeah. but pushing the envelope and kind of flipping things on its head and, you know, we got the Kingsman because Kick-Ass did so well. And there's other yeah. comics that he's done that's being considered for properties. And I think The Boys is so successful because films like Kick-Ass laid the groundwork for it. So, yeah, yeah it's a good film. All right. What's your next one? Uh, your next one. Is, oh, my next uh, one. Yeah, we're, okay. we alternate it for this okay. one. Uh, so you're, you got Superman the movie. You, you, Superman you specified, the movie. You specified yes. the three-hour long version. That's correct, because what they used to do back in the day for films were, was uh, uh, instead of releasing an extended cut, they would sell the deleted scenes and the extended cuts to TV studios for when that film released on TV. And Superman um, was originally like a two-hour and I think seven-minute film, and there yeah. was a whole nother hour of footage that they put together for um, the TV version. And was it as tight of a film? No. But the original Superman with Christopher Reeves was so just groundbreaking and immersive and fantastic that when I grew up, I just wanted as as much of it as possible. And this was before we got into the repetitive sequels and some other things that while there was there was highlights in the other films, they did just kind of they, they didn't have the the specialness of that yeah. first one. And so the first time I saw that three hour version of Superman, I was just like, Yes, this is give me give it all to me. It's fantastic. And and on top of that, the, the just the original Superman film is a very yeah strong film. I I've always appreciated that film. 
How would you guys like to help us get mental health resources into schools, conventions, and other events? Well, now you can. Simply go to patreon.com forward slash victims and villains for as little as $1 a month. You guys can help us get mental health resources into current and upcoming generations. Educate and break down stigma surrounding mental health, suicide, and depression. And you get exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else. And you guys can tell us which Nicolas Cage movie you want us to cover, and we'll do it. All it takes to get started is to go to patreon.com forward slash victims and villains, or simply click the link in the episode description wherever you guys are currently listening or streaming this episode. Pick your tier and get started today. Yes, it's that simple. So quickly select the tier that you want and help us get hope into the hands of the depressed and the suicidal today. I'm curious, when was the first time you saw the three-hour-long version? Because I know they just uh, put it out on Blu-ray a few years ago. Yeah, I saw it I saw it uh, in my teens. Um, uh, someone had a VHS copy of it from, from when it was released on TV. It was recorded. Okay. And then when, as soon as they dropped that Blu-ray, I bought that sucker up. Because yeah. I was like... Because I'd seen it, you know, uh, I go to Grand Comic Fest in Grand Island, Nebraska, and one of the years... Uh, they on the Friday night before the Comic Con kicks off, they always show an old comic book film or an old nerdy film on their single screen theater in town, and they showed the original Superman, and I hadn't seen it for years, and I loved it, but I was like, wait, I remember more of this, and I remember yeah. this scene, and then that Blu-ray came out months later, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my, this is the thing that I loved so much in my younger years, and and I bought that sucker up so quick. I, I bought it. I tried watching it for when we did Superman the movie on my podcast. He's like, I'm going to be different and watch the extended cut. And I was like, I didn't make it off of Krypton and I was 45 minutes into it. It's, it's uh, so long. It's so long. I was like, I, I'm yeah. going to have to give this another shot. And I think you've inspired me to do that here soon. Like I'll have to put it in and watch it one night. Yeah. Um, along the same vein, like I, I have a, a big sweet spot for Christopher Reeve's Superman uh, my pick for him though is um, Superman Two: The Richard Donner Cut. Yes, uh, it is I a like, good one. I like the Donner Cut a bit more than the Superman Two that was in theaters. Uh, yeah. Mostly because of the Jor-El stuff, like it just makes more sense to me than his mother being there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the it doesn't have the the magical kiss at the end. There's just a lot more that I like about this movie that, than I like in the theatrical. Um, and you, and you weren't the only person, you know, people acted like the, the release, the Snyder cut was the first time that this has ever happened. There was a huge campaign to release the Donner cut. And there was a lot of behind the scenes drama between the producers, between the actors, between the directors for Superman two. And when that kind of came out, and people found out that there was stuff enough of the Richard Donner cut to make a Richard Donner cut. There was a huge push for that. And that's why we got that. I love that cut mostly for, um, the Superman reveal because, uh, in that cut, Lois Lane shoots him with the gun. That doesn't happen because it was too much for the, for the, the theatrical cut of Superman two. 
but I loved it. And I loved it mostly for Christopher Reeves's immediate change. As soon as she fires that gun, he's serious and he's kind of almost offended by it. You know, like he does not yeah. like the fact that she almost killed Clark Kent, you know, on a hunch. And I, yeah. I just love that scene. I love that. It. And the fact that that scene was from a screen test and, and he's yes. that com- like he's that in character in a screen test and oh, they both they, yeah. they, they both gave their all to that performance and it it works so well mm. um god i want to watch this now um <laughs> all right uh what is your next one my next one was the rocketeer uh okay. it is it's a fantastic set of comics um but um the Rocketeer was a Disney film that came out and, and everything from the direction of that film to the score to the actors. It was just it's, you know, it feels like an old school Disney film, but it, it is, uh, you know, it was great. I loved as a kid having a film that I could watch with the Nazis as the villain. Uh, <laughs> Timothy Dalton was this fantastic villain. I just loved him as the villain and young Jennifer Conley was great. And Billy Campbell, this is one yeah. of the few films that he's done where he's the good guy. Cause he kind of got a reputation for being the terrible, like lover in a lot of films later in his life. But he was great. He was great in this film. And I always wanted a sequel. And over the years, just like films like the last starfighter, this is one of those films that they've already always teased. Hey, we're working on a sequel or a revival or a remake and it is yet to happen because i just they i think they struggle with how to create it um without like ripping off uh iron man or something like that but it was it was really good and it's also one of the reasons why i love captain america uh the first avenger so much because it's directed by the same guy they had a yeah. lot of the same feels and tone and yeah it's just a good film okay um my next one on the list is jim carrey's the mask Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, I grew up with this film. I don't know why I was allowed to watch it as a five-year-old, but I was. <laughs> right. uh, like looking back on it now, it's like, wow. Okay, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have the. I just got the soundtrack to this the other week on, at a like a antique store, and mm-hmm. oh man, it just. I I've been wanting to go back and rewatch this, but this is such a big part of my childhood like i i would quote this all the time like p-a-r-t-y uh because i gotta <laughs> but jim carrey like this is jim carrey has such a great year in 94 with this and ace ventura and dumb and dumber mm-hmm. but this is like the one that i saw the most out of all of those um and my favorite part of the the cd that i got because I, I still buy cds don't judge me uh, was the booklet is the movie in comic book form. Like, oh, wow. So I was like, that's, that's amazing. Like I, this was worth the dollar that I bought it for. And then some, so, <laughs> um, wasn't it Cameron Diaz's like first film? Yeah. Too? Or Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, good film. yeah. Terrible sequel, but, but good. terrible. Yeah. No, mm, mm. <laughs> Yeah. The the less said about any any Jim Carrey sequel that doesn't have Jim Carrey in it is not good. Because they I, did I'd, I'd watch I'd watch Bruce Almighty over over Son of the Mask. 
though. I I'll say that. Which would you rather watch, Son of the Mask or um, Ace Ventura Junior? <laughs> I don't think I've seen Ace Ventura Junior, but okay. I, I hated Son of the Mask. So, <laughs> well, I just I just figured out some stuff I'm going to do for the victims Patreon from this conversation. Oh, great. So, great. If you're interested, let me know. Uh, your next one is X Men 2000. Uh, this was. This film uh, blew my mind as a kid. I was I was all over this film. Um, uh, I, I I they released the novelization for this um, before it came out, and this was before X. This was before the first Tobey Maguire Spider Man, and um, with the exception of things like Blade, they you know no, those were R rated films that weren't really geared towards the mass audience it was geared towards r-rated um action films and x-men just felt like the first in a long time real push for the legitimacy of comic book films and it just had this cast and you know back then people didn't bitch as much as they do now about oh the character doesn't look like the character and or at least they didn't have twitter and, and everything to bitch as loudly about it. Because I know people weren't happy with Hugh Jackman's um, uh, Wolverine at first. Because it wasn't the Wolverine in the comics. But, and they did make choices, you know, that weren't comic friendly. You know, like the, the spandex joke and and everything. But man, they were just so cool. You know, they in their, in their black leather and Cyclops and, and you know, everybody and... and uh, Charles Xavier, uh, growing up on, on, um, Star Trek, the next generation, just seeing, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart come in as such an iconic, another such iconic character. Yeah. It was just, it was everything for me growing up. And I just, I obsessed over that film so much. I was never huge in the X-Men growing up. Like I never really watched the animated series. I, I saw them on the Spider-Man animated series. It's like, okay, these guys seem cool, but I didn't commit to their show. But mm-hmm. I ended up seeing this in theaters, and I saw every X-Men movie in theaters up until Dark Phoenix because mm-hmm. I'm a completionist, but even I have standards. Um, but, yeah, no, th- this franchise is 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 great. Like, there, there are so many great comic book moments in this with, with Hugh Jackman and a bunch of the other characters. But for me, my favorite X-Men movie is X-Men first class because Mm -hmm. it changes the, 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 the characters out takes you to the 1960s and really make like having it set in the sixties is like such a great change of pace for the X-Men films. And like you get the, the friendship between Xavier and uh, Magneto um, just the style of this film. This is another Matthew Vaughn film. I tried the not to do uh, two directors on this, like the same director twice, but I guess I did um, mm-hmm. unintentionally because he d- also did Kick Ass. Um, yeah. But just the style of this film, the score, I, I th- this is definitely the the best of the uh, prequels that they did. Yeah, I. Um, I really liked First Class. I thought it um, it was a breath of fresh air, especially after X three and, yeah. and and people not knowing 
how to touch that franchise. Um, I really like Days of Future Past as well, but I do feel like the the concept of taking the X-Men all the way back to the 60s and seeing um, the origins of things back then really worked. But then as they built up to that and tried to connect it with the original X-Men franchise, it just got progressively worse. But yeah, First Class was a solid, solid film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but what, my, go ahead. Yeah. What what it's like, four years between films, but they they're jumping like twenty years and no one's age. It's like okay. no one's age. I get that they're mutants, but yeah, but still. yeah. And I did my my nineties were Batman the animated series, X Men the animated series, and Spider Man the animated series. So when X Men came first before Spider Man, I just it it. You know, it was incredible to me. And then right after, because of the coolness of the X-Men, they launched, it's one of the few X-Men runs I have completely, they launched this ultimate X-Men comic run, which was this edgier version that was kind of a mix between what we saw in the movies and what we saw in the the 90s cartoon, and it just solidified X-Men. So I I really did appreciate, they weren't my favorite superheroes growing up, obviously, but they they were up there and... So yeah, the X Men films, and and to be fair, they had a lot of missteps, but they were the first. I mean, yeah. universe. You know, they were there before the MCU, and I think the MCU learned off of them. Yeah, I think. and now they're bringing them into the MCU. So yeah, mm-hmm. all right. Um... Uh, my next film um, could easily be the best film on this if, if i had to pick a, a number one it would easily be this film it is the dark knight um this is a masterpiece uh christopher nolan um made an, an incredible movie with batman begins um and and he did what so many directors and producers had tried to do in the years between Batman and Robin and Batman Begins, try to figure out a way to reinvigorate this franchise. There was so many directions that it almost took and so many legendary directors that came and went. I mean, just looking at all the ones that raised their hands and almost got a movie, it's incredible. But Batman Begins was just cool. The Dark Knight was a cinematic masterpiece. I mean, Nobody thought Heath Ledger would be a compelling uh, 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 Joker, and he's still considered probably the best Joker we've ever had. And a lot of people came out of this saying, this is not just a comic book film. This is a film. It is a movie movie. You know, it's not just a comic book movie. And it's what put Christopher Nolan on the map, especially with his obsession with IMAX and it was one of the best movie theater experiences I've ever had. I don't, I'm sure I've told you this, but the short story is I was backpacking in Europe for a month on my own, and I was in Rome when this movie came out, and I knew I wanted to see it. I didn't want to wait three weeks to get back on base to see it in the UK. So I spent my first day in Rome, not going to the Coliseum, not going to the Vatican, but going to every theater I could find until I found the one that played it in English, not in dubbed. I couldn't imagine seeing this film dubbed. And so I did, and it was a midnight version, but the theater was packed and everybody cheered at the end of that film and gave it a standing ovation. And I joined him because I felt it deserved it. 
No, it it's definitely a masterpiece. I will give you that. Um, nothing you said is wrong. Uh, this this film did put Christopher Nolan on the map. Uh, Dark Knight Rises is better. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> personally, I I I, I had if I had to pick a, a Nolan Batman movie, it would be Batman Begins, which is my next one. Uh, it's such a great origin story. Um, and a lot of films have copied the style of Batman Begins for origin stories since then. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, you wouldn't have the Dark Knight with it if it wasn't for this. And I think this sets the sure. the groundwork for the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, and even to a certain extent, the uh, the Snyderverse, uh, because mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan was involved in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. So like a lot of like you you could compare Batman Begins to Man of Steel and there there's a lot of similarities there style wise. Yeah. Um yeah. But just just the scores alone with Hans Zimmer yeah. it like the whole trilogy is great. Um but Batman Begins is my my go-to since you took The Dark Knight. Uh <laughs> Batman Begins has my ultimate respect because unlike so many of the refreshes and reboots within these comic films over the years, Nolan decided to go with villains that had never been on screen before and 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 start the film in a in a spot where we didn't have a Commissioner Gordon and things like that. He totally this was an origin film that threw everybody in the dark, fans of Batman and non-fans of Batman, as to where this film would go and where it would start yeah. and where the characters were. It was very well done in terms of storytelling, and, and the villains were great, and it did set up Dark Knight. But Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. My next film is Logan. Um, I try, uh, you know... I I there's I tried not to do multiple films in in a in a, a, a series or a universe, but I couldn't help but do Logan. Um, from that first X Men film, Hugh Jackman was always the highlight, and um, but it it got to a point even with his solo films that you wondered if they would ever give his character the depth and the the uh, grandeur of of what they gave him in the comics. There was a lot of heavier storytelling w- around him in the comics. And the, the Old Man Logan comic uh, uh, series, which is nothing uh, like the movie, but it was great. And, and it felt like Logan as a character deserved it. And so when they gave him this movie, a lot of people were like, mm, it's not going to work. An R-rated yeah. film... Um, but when those first trailers dropped with, uh, the hurt song playing over, I mean, I still go back and watch reaction videos of that every once in a while to get the genuine, like just shock on people's faces. Like this is not what I expected. And the film lived up to it. It was so damn good. And, uh, and it, you know, it was like an unofficial end to the X-Men series that I grew up on that started in 2000. And uh, it was just so much more than I expected to be, even though it was a fairly small bottle film. And uh, it was excellent filmmaking, in my opinion. Yeah. 
I've only seen this the one time in theaters, and I haven't oh, revisited. Really? Yeah, I need to, especially with him coming back in Deadpool three. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to revisit this. I I just haven't. I don't know why. Um, and there's a there's but, a black and white version now too. If you wanted to see it, yeah, <laughs> in I black mean, and white. I can. I know how to change the settings on my TV though, so I can I can watch anything in black and white. So. You know, the director of Logan is, is doing the next Indiana Jones film, so I wonder if he'll give Indiana Jones as much of a send-off as he did Logan. Uh, assuming that this is the last Indiana Jones movie. like Assuming, sure. Harrison Ford's probably still got three more in him, or if he doesn't, Disney's going to make him. Um, I didn't tell you, but I ordered, I have the uh, Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny poster in the mail on the way to me. So I'm, I'm sure you do. It yeah. does not surprise me. <laughs> um, my next one is Iron Man three. Um, oh wow! Th- as I said before, a choice. It is a choice. I, Shane Black's one of my favorite directors. Uh, I love the Christmas feel to this. Um, I, I like the, and I like the journey that Tony Stark goes on. Like this is the first time that we actually see like a hero have to deal with the aftermath of what they did to save the world. Like this is him dealing Mm. with the PTSD of everything from the Avengers uh, and that personal journey that he takes to, to heal from that and what that means for him and his relationship with pepper. Um, And I just, I really enjoy this movie. Um, It's my, it's my favorite of the Iron Man trilogy for sure. Um, but I'm a sucker. Strong words. I, I, I mean, wow. The first one, like it's definitely better than two. The first one is hard to beat. It's iconic. It's iconic. Yeah. Um, it's up on a pedestal, but for this, this is one of my favorite sequels of the MCU. So, okay. Yeah. I think it ranks lower for most people. It's definitely grown in, my 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 appreciation for it has definitely grown over time yeah it was i i went to it with a family member and they were so pissed at it that they walked out of the theater and made a whole scene and then made a whole scene of me not following them out of the theater so then i had to go follow them and i missed chunks of the film and then when i came back it was just like eh, and i didn't like the the mandarin reveal even though i i love guy pierce um but upon later watches, I, I ended up appreciating it more. I, yeah. I, I, I don't agree that it's the best in the Iron Man. Movies, I didn't say it was but... the best. I said it was my favorite. Okay. 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 So there, well, there was a difference. That's an interesting I... choice. I would not yeah. have expected that, but good yeah. for you. All right. Uh, my next one is Spider-Man two. And, uh, while I was floored by Spider-Man one, when that came out in 2002, I was just like, wow. I, I, And they sold it so well. Like, nobody expected Spider-Man to look this good. And the swinging and everything. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a big deal. And had James Cameron made his film, I would have been interested to see what kind of Spider-Man film he came out with. But Spider-Man 1 was incredible. Spider-Man 2, though, for me, like Dark Knight with the Nolan Batman franchises, just, it was just a all around better film. And from what we know now, it was supposed to be the first film. 
but the studios just didn't think that uh, uh, Octavius was a was a, a good villain for the for the debut film, so they held it back. But I thought the story was better. I thought the fight scenes were better. I thought the character development was better, and I thought the over the overall production was just this amazing film. And I think they even released an extended cut later that I that I loved owning in my collection when I collected DVDs because I was yeah. just like this is this is already a great film now I have the extended edition but I love that film I I had never heard that this was supposed to be the first film yeah yeah I mean they might have changed certain elements for it to be an, more yeah. of an origin film but he was supposed to be the first villain okay and uh, and they just they just didn't think uh audiences would would like it if he was the first villain so yeah yeah. Uh, this is on my list too. So, uh, when you when we came up with we're gonna do the top ten superhero comic book movies for ourselves, I was like, I know what number one is, and it's this. Uh, yeah. I, for yeah. every for all the reasons you just said, but also like the video game is one of my favorite video games of all time. The soundtrack mm-hmm. has been on my phone since I've had a phone. Like, and before that, it was on my iPod and my MP3 player and. I had it on C- CD that I would take with my Walkman. Like, I love everything about this film. Um, mm-hmm. So I got the the theatrical poster behind me. There it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, this this is when people ask me what my favorite film of all time is. This is my go to. Mm-hmm. I always forget that it's my go to, and I stammer, and I'm like, I I don't know, uh, Spider Man Two. Um, but yeah, this is. One of my favorite, like when I pulled the images for this, uh, for our slideshow here on the video, I, I had to rename everything quick because I give everything abbreviated titles and I just gave, put this one as goat. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so that's uh, that's on my list too, like absolutely. And, and the, the extended cut, the Spider Man 2.1, yes, that's I, what they call I, it. I still enjoy that. I enjoy that one a little bit more than the theatrical because it adds, it adds just enough to make it different, yeah, and, and tweaks a little bit here and there. But like it, it adds more depth to it, and you don't usually get that in ext, an extended cut. Usually, it's just like, oh, here's more jokes. Uh, mm-hmm. But there, it adds more with like the the P, the Peter and Harry dynamic, and I, I really enjoy that. Maybe that's something we can revisit on on this show at some point. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's been a long time since I sat down and watched it. So, yeah, for but, sure. Uh, next, since that one was yours, and I just kind of t- uh, hung on to the tails of that, my next one is Guardians of the Galaxy, the the, the first Guardians. Um, mm-hmm. Solid. Guardians of the Galaxy was the first time that I knew about the characters beforehand, not from an animated series or uh, cartoons or anything like that. I, I was reading the Guardians comics. I got to know... Peter Quill and Groot and Rocket through the comics the in the uh, 2012 run that Brian Michael Bendis did. Uh, I was I would go to the comic book shop in college and I bought issue 0.1 and then I was buying it for the the first whole arc of the story. Like I I have those issues. Um. So seeing this movie come, seeing these characters come to life on the big screen, like I was excited for it, for it, and then the film just blew me away with the soundtrack and the, the, the acting. Like I never knew Dave Bautista before this, but he mm-hmm. blew me away as Drax. 
I, I loved Chris Pratt at the time from Parks and Recreation, so seeing him in this was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this mm-hmm. one of my hi- one of the highlights of the MCU for me. Well, and it and it uh, and it changed the landscape of the MCU. You know, this is what I was hoping Eternals could possibly do, but it's one of those films that it wasn't like the MCU was getting stale, but it needed to be opened up a bit and we hadn't uh, granted Thor had been a little bit in space, but we hadn't yeah. really done that much with space and guardians of galaxy really, you know, you had a tree character and a raccoon character. It was a big gamble of whether or not people could really connect with these characters. And James Gunn just brought it home. I mean, yeah. it was great. Yeah. Good, good choice. Yeah. Uh, my next one was the road to perdition. Um, this was not, I did not know this was a comp, it was based on a graphic novel. I had not read the graphic novel, um, uh, before I saw this film. This film came out in 2002. It is a hell of a good film. It's a, it's a gangster crime noir style film. And it was one of those films where I didn't, I didn't get to watch a lot of R rated films growing up, but there was there was always tiers of R-rated films, and this was one of them that my dad would let me watch. You know, like like The Matrix was rated R, but it was barely. You know, yeah. a lot of these films, they weren't gratuitous, and they weren't overly gory, and they might have some cuss words in it, but it wasn't incredibly sexual. And so I mm-hmm. could watch certain films with him, and this was one of the ones that I watched. And and it just had a good story, and it, I mean, it was Paul Newman was in it, and I loved him from uh, growing up with. Um, um, oh gosh, what was what was the? He he was in so many films, but he yeah. was in Butch uh, Cassidy? The Sting. It, well, he was in Butch Cassidy, but I loved him in The Sting. That was one of the okay. first films I, I ever saw with my grandpa, and so seeing him in this film, Jude Law, Daniel Craig, Tom Hanks, it was a fantastic kind of gangster cast and i really loved the story and then a couple years later i found out that it was based on a graphic novel and i I went and read it and i loved the graphic novel and it was one of those yeah it was one of those rare films that it was like what this is based on a comic and it kind of you know i think that kind of surprised people that there were graphic novels out there that weren't necessarily superhero comics and that had good stories and that definitely made me look at other titles that I would have never looked into because they didn't have the normal style comics that yeah. I'd read at that point. And so I, I appreciated what this film did for the graphic novel community. Yeah. All right, cool. I need, I need to see the movie and I need to read the book because I haven't done either yet. So, Oh, it's good. It's um, classic. I did read Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And this film is so much fun. Uh, Edgar Wright's a great director, and the cast in this is stacked. Uh, yeah. You've got, just looking at it, you the, the poster here, you've got, um, I forget who she played in Birds of Prey, but you got you got a Bird of Prey, you've got Superman, you've got Captain America, you've got Robin mm-hmm. from the Lego movie, uh, Captain, Captain Marvel's in here. Uh, it's such a fun and like different kind of movie like the, the video game influence is there and it it's just a lot of fun the soundtrack's fantastic 
Um, mm-hmm. And I quote this movie like almost weekly. Like for what I talked about renaming the files, this one was Bread Makes You Fat. Um, <laughs> so it, it's just so much fun and so quotable and just a just a, a fun light watch. Yeah. And the soundtrack, that opening number with their band. Oh, yeah. my God. I love that so much. Brie Larson has a great song in there. I think it was Black yeah. Sheep. I think that was great. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she played Huntress in that Huntress, Prey that's movie. right. Yeah. And and she is awesome. She's going to be in the, in uh, Ahsoka. Yeah. And she had, a, she had a Netflix film called Kate where she was a badass. But yeah, that was that, the movie was so fun and so lighthearted and so bombastic in your face with the over the top uh, uh yeah. graphics and everything it was just it was it was a fun movie it's very quotable and it's a good time to go back and rewatch for sure oh yeah yeah uh my next one is the only one in the mcu currently and it's uh on this list and it's captain america and the winter soldier um i loved captain america uh, the first Avenger. I thought it was a great film. I know a lot of people thought it was a little lackluster compared to some of the other origin Marvel films that had come out, but I really appreciated it, especially because it had the same tone as The Rocketeer. But um, you had that film, and then you had Avengers, and you know, my boy Captain America wasn't getting a lot of love. Everybody kind of thought he was flat or a nerd or just didn't belong his suit didn't really look that great in avengers um everybody was like why is he getting uh uh uh, more of the captain feel than someone like iron man and and uh when winter soldier came out it destroyed anybody's uh uh perception of the character it was incredible and i had I had not read the comics as much as I read other comics, but I knew of the Winter Soldier storyline, and I wondered how it would come across in the movies. But there's a lot of people that did not know who the Winter Soldier was, and that broke a lot of people's minds. Yeah. Um, not to mention just the Russos coming in and taking this new, fresh take. I mean, it was it was like you know the Dark Knight for the MCU. It was this more serious spy thriller in the mcu universe and uh robert redford again somebody from the sting that i grew up on he was excellent in the film it was it was a incredible film and i i always go back and and the score i i write to certain sections of the score all the time because it was so well done it was a hell of a movie yeah no this is this is up there for the in the mcu for me but it's never reached top tier mcu for me like i don't know what it is yeah. but i just i think everyone loves it so much that everyone puts it up on that pedestal and i just can't i sure. I, I have to be different so iron man 3 it is um <laughs> yeah. all right my, my last one uh is batman forever obviously josh you oh, met me. i knew, I knew uh, it was coming <laughs> i have this poster hanging in my office at work um this is my introduction to batman on the big screen I don't know if I saw it on the big screen, but this was my, like I had the Batmobile. I actually, I still have the Batmobile toy. Like this came out at such a perfect time for me. I was like four or five and like just the colors and Jim Carrey. And like, even today, like I still love the, this film. Uh, it's, it's a little bit campy, but it also ha- still has the seriousness of 
the Tim Burton ones to an extent. Um, I don't understand why you call the third movie in any franchise forever, but beyond that, <laughs> um, it, the film has its issues, but I, I don't care. Like this is one of my, this is my happy place. So, yeah. We played the um, shit out of that arcade game we in New did. York this year. Oh man, that was insane! <laughs> I forgot about get that. Pretty, pretty yeah, bar, barcade. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was a good. It was a good film. Uh, Val Kilmer, uh, Kilmer, uh, in my opinion, was a, a fantastic Batman. I I felt so bad learning later how bad of a time he had on yeah. the set just because of the limitations back in the day i wish we would have got more of him um and i've always been intrigued of, of an extended cut release of that film just because they they had some interesting things that even Zack snyder kind of kind of took later there was there was a scene of a giant bat you know coming and it was more in the mind of Batman. It wasn't serious, you know, but yeah. it was something spiritual almost. And they cut that from the film. And a lot of people were like, thank God they cut that. And I was always like, what? This is this is the psyche. This is the, you know, yeah. the, the, uh, the complicated brain of Batman. And then for Zack Snyder to bring that, it was more of a jump scare scene. But that he did bring a, a giant bat that, you know, grabbed Ben Affleck in, in one of the... I think it was in Batman v Superman. Yeah, but, um, I like that callback, and yeah, there's a lot of good things about Batman Forever for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, right. My last film is Thirty Days of Night. Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of when this film came out. Thirty Days of Night came out in 2007, and uh, again, this was a, a film. That was based on a comic a lot of people didn't know about, but I think films like Road to Perdition um, kind of gave way for this. But this was a hard R horror um, uh, uh, vampires in 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 the north, northern Canada, uh, kind of North Pole type situation. And okay. this this awesome. Have you ever seen this? I have not. So it's in it's in northern Canada, I believe. Uh, it's it's in a it's in a town. The the concept is there's this town that for thirty days, based on the rotation of the Earth, it's just all night, mm-hmm. uh, and and most of the people leave the town for this period. Um, uh, but there's you know the the sheriff stays in. A couple of the people that that work in the town stay in, and they usually just hunker down um, and and wait out the month. Well. This uh, ship uh, beaches full of vampires that uh, uh, choose to descend on this town because it's a month of uh, it's it's all night, so they can just obliterate everybody in the town. And at first, it goes swimmingly well for them, and they just seem to be taking out people left and right. But then, uh, some people like the uh, like the the sheriff um, who's played by Josh Hartnett. Uh, don't go down so easy and it is brutal and it's creepy and it has this epic finale and it was just this uh this take on vampires that i had not seen before it was more brutal and more animalistic it wasn't you know uh people in suits and dressing up and and you know it was more animalistic and 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 it was just incredible and the comic is drawn uh I think by I think the artist's name is Jock, 
and the comic is so jarring to watch as uh, to read as well because it's so visceral in the uh, in the artwork and so i thought that the film really compli- uh, complemented the comic and it's a it's a hell of a watch i highly recommend if you haven't seen it okay i've i've heard of it i've never seen it so i'll put it on yeah. the list it's good. Right. So that's our top ten. That's a hell of a list. That is, uh, yeah. That's it's a hell of an episode. Uh, we're at an hour and forty. <laughs> so welcome to Brilliant but Lazy. We won't be that that long no. every week. But we wanted uh, to do a big debut episode, and I wa- I really wanted to highlight some non MCU stuff since we've been the Marvel correspondents for you know for a long time. I wanted to show that we're not just Marvel fanboys. If you didn't realize from our background, we we love other stuff too. So yeah. Yeah, And we get to have like, we get to hang out at New York comic con and talk about a lot of this stuff, but we don't really get to talk about all of it here. So I think this is going to be a great place for us to do that. So if you're into nerdy stuff, uh, MCU, star Wars, a little bit of DC, like, uh, make sure to subscribe to our podcast feed. Uh, we, we will have our own feed here by the time this comes out with none of that set up yet, or at least not sent to us. So, uh, (laughs) follow victims and villains on social media, uh, to find out more about brilliant, but lazy. You can also visit the victims and villains, Patreon, uh, where Josh and I will be doing a tie in episode on the Patreon exclusively talking about the, uh, the very first Marvel film, uh, Howard the Duck. That'll be dropping. Duck. That'll be dropping next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah. And if there's other classic shows or movies you want us to go back and watch, you want us to go tackle the Lou Ferrigno Hulk or or other things. Uh, you know, we're not always. I think we're going to try to do this bi-weekly, but we're not always going to have uh, a, a, a movie premiere or a new show yeah. to talk about. So I, I'd love to kind of go back and look at other things and, and highlight things, especially even off this list that uh, you haven't seen yeah, um, or just things we haven't seen in a while. So yeah, yeah. I think that'd be fun. So I've got, let us I've know got, what you want us to do. Exactly. I've got the Blu-ray of the director's cut of the Ben Affleck Daredevil just sitting on my shelf, like tr- trying to. And that make, almost make... made my list. Yeah, that, really? The director's cut of Daredevil. I loved it so right. much. I, uh, it's a good film. <laughs> right. Josh, where can people find you? They can find me um, out there. Uh, okay. Uh, Good enough. Fierce, fierce, fierce lit.com and then my socials are there. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm around. Uh, you can find me. You? you can find me on Instagram. A cram C R A M M four eight one five. You can also find me. My, my, all my links are there. So do that. Uh, <laughs> until next time for brilliant, but lazy. I'm Alan. I'm Josh. Thanks for joining us. Ah, oh, Rosie, I love this boy. Yeah.